Welcome to Faith and Freedom. We hope to inform, inspire, and encourage you to stand up for faith and freedom as we discuss victories and challenges in the courts, in public policy, and in the culture. Faith and Freedom is brought to you by Liberty Council, a litigation, education, and policy organization. Join us now as we address the latest cultural issues across America and around the world. Liberty Council's Christian flag case ruling is having an impact around the country. We're going to be talking about it on Faith and Freedom. I'm Matt Staver, founder and chairman of Liberty Council. Joining me is Holly Mead. Well, earlier this year, on May the 2nd, we received a 9-0 victory at the United States Supreme Court in the case of Shirtliff versus the city of Boston. And that involved censorship of Christian viewpoints, specifically the Christian flag, and it's already having an impact across the nation, especially during the month of June. But every day we get a daily media report that looks at various kinds of media sources, radio, TV, other kinds of media, print, online, and social media. And every day since that ruling, Holly, mm -hmm. every day, without fail, we have continual chatter that's going on with regards to this Christian flag. Right. It's amazing. Right, especially during June when flags are quite an issue, you know, with a rainbow flag and all that. It's interesting to see these different city councils are making decisions based on our case. Yeah, in our case, the high court unanimously ruled that the city of Boston violated the Constitution by censoring a private flag in a public forum open to all applicants merely because the application referred to it as a Christian flag. The high court ruled that this flag presented by Hal Shirtliff, the founder of Camp Constitution. And the program for these flags by the city is not government speech, but rather private speech, and that the government censored it. In fact, they admitted they did so because of the word Christian on the application. Therefore, the censorship was unconstitutional viewpoint discrimination, and there is no establishment clause defense to the city of Boston. And, you know, Matt, I, even if somebody is not accustomed to listening to Supreme Court arguments, I would encourage them to go on our website and listen to this particular argument. It's very, very interesting. It's very, and you yeah. did it too, right? I did it, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I did it. But uh, it was so interesting to, to listen to the justices' different responses. Even those that are typically on the left were saying, why hasn't this been settled? Why are we even talking about this? Yeah, during my portion of the argument, when Justice Breyer asked the question, mm -hmm. why did this case not settle? I knew then it's not a good day for the city of Boston. Yes. <laughs> because that's a good question for me to have, but not a good question for the city of Boston because right. they won the case below. But particularly from a justice who typically rules on the left side. Who of ended up actually writing the 9-0 decision. Right. He said, great. why hasn't it settled? And I, I kind of smiled a little bit and said, well, you know, we thought that it was going. That's what we've been be asking. A, a, <laughs> a straightforward case, but the city didn't want to settle and they dug their heels in and they then invented the defense of the Establishment Clause, and then they morphed it into, oh, well, this is government speech. It's really not private speech. And we lost four times in the lower court, right? Four times. Four yeah, twice times. at the lower court with a single judge and twice at the Court of Appeals with the same three judges, three to zero. So we had four judges, four. We lost four and zero oh, mm -hmm. and one nine and zero, oh, which goes to show you how bad some of these lower court judges are. Right, and because how important it is to persevere. <laughs> exactly, how it is important to persevere and don't give up. That's why I say that's why God invented, uh, created a appellate courts. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so to at least get another chance in this particular case, it was a big win. Right. So this particular case was 
followed by lots of people, including a lot of cities, because a lot of these cities, counties, government institutions, public, you know, these agencies, they started to get into this ideological situation where, you know, typically they had flown their their public flags, maybe the city flag or the, I should say, the state flag, maybe a city flag, and then the then the United States flag. They typically fly those government flags. Well, over the years, some of these cities have gotten to the point where they're going to use that flagpole for some ideological perspective. And that's what Boston was doing. I mean, they were flying a rainbow flag. They were flying a transgender flag. I've never heard of such, but in, as well as other countries, they were doing that and making statements. Yeah, they were doing all kinds of those things. Uh, they, they flew the Turkish flag, the communist Chinese flag, the Cuba flag of Cuba, um, Communist China flag. Yeah, so yeah. they they did all of that, and then when and they did it for twelve years, two hundred eighty four applications, not a single denial. Then in twenty seventeen, Hal Shirtliff wanted to have his flag during a one hour event to honor the Constitution and the history of Boston and the Commonwealth of Massachusetts with regards to the founders, John Adams, John Quincy Adams. They all lived in Massachusetts and others as well. And during that one-hour event, he wanted to also use the same public forum flagpole to temporarily raise the Christian flag. But that word Christian set off all kinds of sirens it was in that the word. city commissioner. And they said, uh, if there was a different word that you described, it, call it the Camp Constitution flag. But it's not. It's the Christian flag. But Hal Shervil said, it's not the Camp Constitution flag. It'd be like calling the United States flag the Liberty Council flag. Well, no, right. we might own a flag like that, but that's not... A Liberty Council flag. It's the United States flag. So he says, I can't call it a Camp Constitution flag. It's called the Christian flag. And they said, well, okay, then we can't allow it. So since you deem that flag to be religious, and this is the key, mm -hmm. since your perspective, your viewpoint on that flag is that it's religious, in this case it's Christian, we're not going to allow it. But if you have a viewpoint that the flag is secular, not religious, we'll allow it. And it all depends upon what you call the flag. So if you call it Christian, you can't fly it. If you call it anything but Christian, you can fly it. So it was really, really clear their motivation was to exclude anything from a Christian viewpoint. The discrimination was blatant. Very, blatant. very blatant. So that's why we won a 9-0 to zero decision. But what we see now around the country is happening. Uh, the city of Bristol, Connecticut, unanimously voted recently to allow only the U.S. and state flags to be flown on municipal property. Several towns, including Southington, uh, have uh, voted also to adopt similar policies recently. Others around mm -hmm. the country have said that they're only going to fly government flags because they don't want to get into the controversy of having this flag but not that flag, and others are creating more specific policies, so they're not going to allow the discrimination that happened here. You know, it's interesting, well, the mayor in Bristol said, we don't want to discriminate against anybody, and we also don't want to put the city in jeopardy for freedom of speech violations if we agree to fly one flag and not the other. Oh, and there was recently a case in Boston where this happened. Yes, and that's what he says. He referred to our case. He refers to our case, and... Um, you know, the fact is, um, this is going to be a very expensive proposition for the city of Boston because now we're going after the city of Boston for our attorney's fees and cost, and we've been litigating this for multiple years, uh, twice before the court, twice before the Court of Appeals, the United States Supreme Court, 
and also discovery that we did in the case. On the other hand, La Mesa, California, the mayor there says that, well, we're going to defy the Supreme Court and we're going to continue uh, lifting up the pride flag. I bet they're not going to allow the Christian flag, however. They said that during the LGBTQ plus month is what they called it, uh, they're going to allow a representative flag to be flown all month, all month. And uh, that would include the pride flag. You know, they had people that oppose that in the city council meeting because he wanted to propose this to be an annual thing. And they said that the proposal stated that the rainbow flag needlessly excluded other residents and makes the council a, quote, flagpole gatekeeper and opens the city up to lawsuits. Yeah. And one person there even noted our case in Shirtliff versus City of Boston. So I think they're uh, looking for a lawsuit in the yeah, near future. <laughs> you know, they, they need to take a notice of this and because of the fact that they're clearly, you know, he says the same kind of thing that Boston did. Quote, mm-hmm. I'm always in favor of trying to make people feel that they belong, mm-hmm. close quote. Well, yeah, how far does that go when you want to make Christians belong, feel like they belong? Well, probably that's not the group that they want. City of Boston said the same thing. We just want to make people feel that they belong. And Justice Thomas, remember his question? Well, you know, your idea of diversity is a very narrow one because you're excluding the religious community. You know, and that's exactly what I think you're seeing here. But our flag case is having a ripple effect. We'll continue to do so around the country. You're probably going to see fewer pride flags flown because some of these cities and governments, they don't want to get involved in this controversy and have to pay hundreds of thousands of dollars in attorney's fees after they lose one of these cases, especially since they do it following the U.S. Supreme Court decision in the Shirtliff versus City of Boston. If you know of a situation like this, give us a call at Liberty Council, 407-875-1776, and you can go to lc.org. For more information about this case involving the flag case, Shirtliff versus City of Boston, you can go to lc.org forward slash flag. That's lc.org forward slash flag. Or just go directly to the website for general information, lc.org. You've been listening to Faith and Freedom, brought to you by Liberty Council. We hope that we have motivated you to stand up for your faith, family, and freedom. Get informed and get involved today. Visit Liberty Council's website at lc.org, where you can obtain email alerts and other information to keep you informed and involved. The website again, lc.org.